Hi, this is PJ from Nurses at Work, and I have Dr. Roger with me, and he's going to introduce himself and uh, tell us what he does. Hi, Dr. Roger, how are you doing? Yeah, hi, PJ, good. <laughs> so the question was, uh, who am I? What do I do? Uh, Dr. Vance Roger, I'm a medical doctor. My specialty is physical medicine rehabilitation, which means I deal with people who have. Um, illnesses or injuries that um, create problems with function and uh, therefore they need uh, well, rehabilitation course. Sometimes it's a condition that causes pain, so mm -hmm. I deal with pain issues also. Okay, Dr. Roger. So Dr. Roger, I, I noticed that um, you are considered, you have so much love at one of the hospital facilities that I uh, work at and I've always admired you. You've always been very friendly with the nurses and always been willing to help educate uh, the nurses on the floor, you know, taking that time with them. What have you come across as far as that you've seen as a major challenge when it comes to the nurses as far as pain medications for the um, for their patients? Well, nurses being very caring often will give the patients what they want and I try to tell people give them what they need and not just what they want, and including the doctors. The doctors have the same kind of um, problem, I suppose I would call right. it, because yes. uh, we get a lot of patients who want a lot more than they need. Yeah, yeah. And I, you know, and I know that sometimes it's difficult, once again, working on the floor, and you do have, um, you know, some patients that are very persistent and very demanding in pain medications. Now I know that you have, you know, the two, the two types of pain. You know, you have the acute and you have the chronic. And I know for those patients with chronic pain, sometimes it just seems like you'll never get rid of their pain. But at least with the acute, um, dealing with those type of patients, it seems to be, you know, a little bit better than the chronic uh, type patients. So um, I just wanted to know, uh, for you, um, when you come across certain nurses, uh, especially when I was on the floor, um, and they have chronic pain, because I know we were taught that, number one, that's supposed to be the, the fifth uh, vital sign, and also, too, is that pain is whatever the patient says it is for us to give it to them. What do you think about that? Right. Well, um, I think some of the, there's, there's a lot to know about uh, pain management and a lot to know about the patients who have pain. but. I think some of the basics are that we need to uh, verify uh, objectively as much as possible their pain. So yes, we can't um, necessarily discount that they're having pain, but we have ways that we can check to see uh, more objectively um, how much is real and how much is right. exaggeration. Right. And so some of the things to look for are... Um, some of the signs that they're having pain. They might show various uh, expression in their face. They might have problems with, with moving the injured, whether it's an extremity or right, whatever. Right. Um, but then we might look um, at other times when they're it, uh, discreetly, when they're not paying attention to right. what that we're watching right. and they're moving just fine. And so those are things that we need to take into consideration to, to give them what they need and not just what they want. Right. Now, um, I do know that, once again, you have a population out there that are uh, on drug addicts, you know, you know, drug, considered to be drug addicts, and, and it's also difficult when they come into hospitals to manage their pain as well. And there are times when it's just not enough as far as what the doctor ordered. And once again, that can be really hard 
um, the nurses that you know that can interrupt their workflow process, especially when you have those type of patients and they're wanting also pain medications uh, that's much stronger and they're you know got their hand on the buzzer every hour or sometimes less than that and they'll have uh, a order for routine medications as well as breakthrough pain but once again it just seems as though <laughs> that that's not enough how or what is your advice on nurses trying to also handle those, that, that type of uh, population. Well, someone who has constant pain, we need to give them a longer acting medication. So the short acting medications are <clears throat> addicting because mm -hmm. they lose their, their strength and then anybody, even if they're not um, used to having, you know, if they're not uh, drug addicts, um, they'll get develop a tolerance and dependence. Uh, mm -hmm. Tolerance is when the, the medication wears off and especially the stronger and the shorter acting ones like Dilaudid, mm -hmm. um, the oxycodone uh, right. immediate release, you right. know, those are the ones that wear off a lot faster. Right. And then they get used to it and they need an increasing dose. Exactly. Anybody would, would have that problem. And so if that tends to be happening, we need to make sure that they're on a longer acting medication. It might be um, uh, a dergesic patch, it might be a, a MS cotton, you know, long-acting right, morphine, right. Um, and or the um, the longer-acting uh, controlled-release oxycodone, and so not getting them used to the IV Dilaudid because Dilaudid is very strong and very short-acting, for example. Right. <clears throat> and so tapering them off of the shorter-acting ones and getting more in the longer-acting ones. We also would watch to see that. If they're really watching the clock and not really going by the symptoms, right. if they know exactly <laughs> they know. <laughs> when their next dose is, that's a bad sign. Yeah. Um, and so we want to also question them more about their pain. If they're saying, if the nurse asks them, do you have pain? And they say yes. That doesn't just automatically mean pain medication. Okay, right. let's let's characterize it a bit. Right. Um, where is it, for one thing? Can you right. describe it? Because I've heard a lot of, even some nurses that will say, um, oh, you're having pain, here you go. And then they can't say where the pain was. The, the patient needs right. to describe it. If at one time it was their, their foot or their leg, and the next time it's their arm, or it moves around with no uh, clinical reason, right. that's, those are bad signs also. Right. So we need to, to make sure that, that they the can nurse describe further, it. Right, that yeah. the nurse further assess the pain. You know, um, I remember, um, about a year ago, I was on the floor, and as soon as I came on, I had a patient who, um, he was a homeless patient, and I can also, he was also an addict as well, and when I came into his room, he was very smelly, and um, and he wanted to leave. And I, was, and I looked at his MAR, you know, and everything, and saw that he had routine pain medicine, and he also had breakthrough pain medicine. And we're talking about the good stuff, like the morphine, immediate release, or, and IV Dilaudid, and that sort of thing. And um, he wanted to leave, and I tried to talk him down by saying, hey, okay, that's fine, but before you leave, at least, number one, clean up, have some breakfast, you know, and guess what, I can give you some pain medicine. And he looked at me, he said, you know what, <laughs> nothing you have is strong, is what I need. Mm -hmm. You don't have, it's, it's not strong enough. And I'm like, oh my God, because what I'm looking at, you can really kill the horse. But to him, it still wasn't that, 
give him what he needed to be out there on the streets. So that was kind of, that was really hard. And you know, he AMA, he left, he didn't want to listen. And it was really hard. And, you know, he just left without signing papers and everything. And um, it was really hard to control because he was an addict and he needed more than what we could give him. Right. And, um, and I, you know, I did contact the doctor and that sort of thing. And the doctor was like, oh, why did you let him, allow him to leave? And I'm like, well, first of all, this is right. Second of all, there's nothing that we could do. And that's the sad part uh, that sometimes we all have those type of patients. And no matter what, uh, whatever they've got going on out on the streets um, to, to satisfy their need, you know, um, even though he needed medical attention, you know, he still was in the frame of mind where, you know, hey, he can be able to make his own decisions. So it's really hard because now is we see more of that sort of uh, uh, population of patients that are addicts and, and they also need medical attention. And, you know, it seems like we can't satisfy their needs. Yeah, and they'll be often holding out for the stronger stuff. They'll, they'll go, they only want the IV pain medication, for yes. example. And yeah. even though they can get good pain control if indeed there is you know that amount of pain by oral medications or the uh, you know the topical like the patches but that's another sign is that they're holding out for the, the IV uh, medications and then they also know that if they can get Benadryl with it uh, it intensifies the, uh, right. the opiate yeah and often they'll say oh I have itching and, and then they know they can get the Benadryl and yes you know, and if they get Benadryl IV, they can slam them together. Exactly. And it's even more of a high. Yeah, and 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 like I said, that's I think that is the hardest part for some nurses to really when they have their patients, and especially if they do have a patient like that. You know, you're trying to care for up patients um, that is not such a uh, high acuity and that intense um, when you're dealing with these particular type of, of patients mm -hmm. and. Um, and then through the system, you know, uh, sometimes, and of course, a lot of them may be frequent flyers, you know, that will also come in just for that need. Yeah. Um, but I, I, I have read um, recently an article regarding uh, the doctors, how they over prescribe narcotic medications for patients. And I know some, some doctors have lost their license in doing so. Um, what are your thoughts uh, about that? Because that seemed to be, for the past years, there seemed to be a, a major issue uh, for doctors when it comes to over-prescribing. Sometimes, now I never heard them under-prescribing, <laughs> but over-prescribing narcotic medication seems to be an issue. Right. Five to ten years ago, there was a big push, <laughs> funny uh, pun on that, I suppose, but anyway, a big push for doctors to be prescribing more pain medications. Uh, they said uh, often patients were not getting enough and, and so then there were lawsuits that they weren't right. controlling their pain right. well enough. But often those were people who had uh, cancer uh, conditions right. and so um, they mandated for doctors to get enough uh, continuing education units on pain management. Okay. And so then doctors became in a way uh, hypersensitive, I suppose, or at least um, concerned that they might lose their license or get sued if right. they weren't prescribing enough pain medications. So it swung back the other way, um, and we're hoping that it's going to, um, you know, even out to where doctors will uh, take a little more time to realize 
they don't need to be prescribing as much medication. Yeah. Um, what about since now that marijuana is is legal, um, you know, in quite a few states, um, especially in California, hey. Yeah. <laughs> but uh, how do you feel or what are your thoughts about uh, that being, you know, one aid into helping pain relief? Um, because once again, there's a lot of information out there that, and of course, that's the reason why it is legal in, in a lot of states due to the fact that it does help um, with pain. Um, what are your thoughts uh, regarding this whole marijuana on the board, you know, a, a good way to help aid in uh, pain management? Well, actually, there needs to be more scientific studies of what is the benefit, what's the dosage. The problem is it's that the marijuana, the psychoactive marijuana, as opposed to the CBD oil, um, is because it's psychoactive, there's going to be that sort of uh, demand or desire mm -hmm. for the marijuana. Mm -hmm. So it's hard to separate that out. If they could, um, again, study more on the CBD oil because that is not psychoactive, but okay. it can have some um, you know, pain management um, benefits, okay. that would be better a better choice and hopefully then better to control the usage as a medical um, prescription instead of just uh, getting a high and having fun with it. Right. Well, once again, I guess to each his own on how they do that because you have some that, you know, um, will get it out in the streets and you don't know what it's laced with. Right. Or if you, um, you know, you know, if you get it from, you know, if you have that medical that card that says, yeah, you can know, you can go get your marijuana, and you get it, you know, from a, a legal source, then, you know, I think that makes the difference um, because you know that supposedly it's not laced with anything else, mm -hmm. right. but just, you know, for the benefits of, uh, um, you know, well, for it to manage their pain, um, which to me, I, I'm all favor for that. Yeah, you know, it's just I, I'm all well favor for it. Yeah, it, you know, exactly because you have, you know, uh, I, I think that there's a lot of people out there that it's hard to, you know, to find something to manage their pain, and whatever you know you're going through may be totally different than what someone else going through as far as how they tolerated it and um, what they the level of acceptance and that sort of thing. Um, and then just to interrupt it, uh, there's. Mm -hmm. Uh, a potential big issue of marijuana plus opiates plus uh, benzodiazepines, you know, all mixed together. Yes. And, yes. Then, um, yes. and you can't really test for it when people are driving. I mean, you can you can test them uh, functionally, but you can't yes. get a good, um, you know, like a breathalyzer test or something right. you could with that's alcohol. True. That's true. And that's so true. it's it's a real dangerous uh, combination. Yeah. That's, that's true. Yeah. Um, so once again, um, I think um, to continue to do research, to continue to make sure that, um, you know, we just follow this trend. And because the, the whole point is, once again, patient-centered care, we want to make sure that we are helping people to manage their pain um, when other alternatives are not able to, to do that. Yeah. Um, I also want to share with the audience uh, you have had an incredible history, uh, Dr. Roger, um, and you're in the newspaper uh, because there's some things that uh, has happened to you, and I would like for you to share that with the audience okay. um, because I really think that that kind of molded you to the, the type of doctor and humanitarian that you are 
uh, that you are. So if you can share with the audience uh, as far as what I'm, you know, uh, trying to explain to them, because I know you'll do it way better. Uh, just let the audience know what happened to you from okay. years back. <laughs> All right. Well, this kind of reveals my reckless nature, I suppose. <laughs> but I'm, I've been very aggressive with sports, and uh, I've had uh, like three big bicycle crashes. Uh, and you're, mm-hmm. you're referring to, I think, the latest one was 2006, <clears throat> where I um, flipped off of uh, the road and... Um, I uh, broke about 18 or 19 bones at the time, including um, thoracic spine, uh-huh. uh, lumbar spine, uh-huh. uh, pelvis, uh, lots of ribs, things like that. So um, I didn't lose hope. In fact, I really, in a way, assumed that I was going to get better. And right from the start, even though I was bed confined 23 hours a day, you know, I started doing exercises in bed. And then when I could be um, up in the wheelchair, I started doing exercises um, sitting in a wheelchair with a right. back brace on behind my stationary bike. Uh, started five miles a day, twice a day, and uh-huh. I quickly got up to 10 miles a day, twice a day. Okay. Um, and then uh, exercises in the bed with ankle weights on, um, lifting up my leg for, you know, quadriceps. I started with one pound ankle weights. Work it up to 100 reps and then two pounds and three and five pounds (laughs) and and work it up to 17 pounds in each ankle and 300 reps uh, to do um, quadriceps exercises and then hamstrings and various other things that that I was doing. Um, So anyway, um, again, having hope, uh, having some experience of knowing what to do and how to do it um, right from the start. Um, I, I think that we want to try to give that to all of our patients right. also that sort of hope exactly. and knowing what to do and that you can, whatever the circumstance, uh, make the most of it. Right. Yeah. Yeah. That's, I think that's wonderful, uh, Dr. Roger. Uh, well, if there is anything else that you would like to share with the audience, uh, any tips, uh, especially for us nurses out there that's working on the floor that's trying to deal with this population when it comes to pain management, um, I'm sure we definitely would appreciate it. Yeah. Anything else that you would like to yeah. share? Yeah, I think I would. Uh, some other information for the nurses in evaluating their patients with pain. Mm-hmm. Uh, we see a fair number of patients who have paraplegia. Okay. And so they, those patients often uh, unfortunately, uh, know how to play the the pity factor, <laughs> exactly. And so they'll say they have terrible pain, but they come in with a stage four sacral decubitus oh, ulcer, yeah. which mm-hmm. obviously they haven't been getting off of it because they don't have pain in that area. Right. So they sort of, I think, fool a lot of the people, mm-hmm. uh, the healthcare mm-hmm. professionals, <laughs> into believing that they have terrible pain there. And so I tell the nurses that um, discreetly lift up the covers when right. you're working with the, the wound there. Right. And if it's sacral acubitus area, pinch their butt right next to the wound. <laughs> okay. And if they don't react at all, they probably don't have pain there. Although people can have bone pain also. Right. But the opiates are not the best for bone pain. And in fact, okay. um, methadone is, is even better for bone pain. Um, and there are lots of reasons why we use methadone with uh, chronic pain patients also, especially okay. the, the, the addicts. Um, other things are uh, diabetic peripheral neuropathy. Right. They mm-hmm. come in with a giant hole in their foot mm-hmm. because they haven't been off of it and obviously because they don't feel it. And so we don't necessarily need to give them a lot of pain medication for that condition, similar kind of thing. We would pinch that area or, right. or something mm-hmm. when they can't see what we're doing and they don't react. 
mm -hmm. they probably don't really have a lot of pain from it. We don't need to over medicate them for right. medication for right. that. If it's peripheral neuropathy or um, spinal cord injury mm -hmm. pain, uh, that's neuropathic pain. And again, the opiates are not the best for that. There, okay. there are several pain medications like gabapentin, right. Neurontin, mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. Lyrica, with that. Um, mm -hmm. even Cymbalta, which is duloxetine, mm -hmm. uh, even the old uh, tricyclic antidepressants like um, Elevil, amitriptyline. Right. Uh, all of those are better for neuropathic pain. Uh, and I mentioned even the methadone can be somewhat helpful for neuropathic pain too. So, mm -hmm. uh, and and the methadone is not obviously not abused because they don't get the high from right. it so much. So um, you know, just keep those things in mind. Uh, those are ways of objectively uh, quantifying or right. verifying their right. pain. Right. Um, so we don't over medicate them. Yeah, and I also um, think also the nurses should definitely uh, let them know about the side effects as well. For those medications yeah and a lot of times it's really important yeah if you can talk to the patient and say well this is what's ordered this is all you're going to get i think it'll help and you stick to your guns mm -hmm. and insist exactly. and then you walk away and right. they can complain and complain but usually if you explain it to them and how you're you know giving them medications that are in their best interests they'll get over it yeah that's and, true and they're they also Realize, you know, they might be on an IV medication for, uh, you know, antibiotic for their epidural uh, abscess or right. their um, their wound, or infected mm -hmm. wound or something, and they, mm -hmm. they know, and especially if you remind them, please don't sign out ADA because you need this. <laughs> exactly. It could get worse. Exactly. It could get amputations and exactly. death and all those other things. Exactly. And so you can, um, with a little TLC, maybe convince them that they'll stay there and you are doing the right thing that's for, uh, for them. Exactly, yes. I totally agree with you, Dr. Roger. Um, it has been a pleasure, uh, you know, just having you here on the show, and I know that I'm going to be talking to you soon regarding other projects that we're going to work on. Um, also, I believe, is there anything that you would like to share? Because I know that you were working on something, too, outside, doing something. Um, well, I don't know, you might be referring to, I'm also medical director of an adolescent drug rehab program. Yes, it's called yes, the last that's resort. fantastic, yes. And so I see them at an earlier point than a lot of the patients we get. Yes. Because if they stay with their drugs, they might be coming in exactly. with the skin popping, exactly. their heroin, and these other things. Yeah. Uh, so anyway. Um, that's fantastic, you know, that's it, fantastic. It broadens my uh, <laughs> aspect of medical care, I think. Yeah. So like I said, I know I'll be talking to you soon, um, once again, sharing some other exciting things. Um, but once again, listeners, thank you so much for joining me. And uh, until next time, you all have a fantastic evening. Thank you. Thank you. Mm -hmm.